Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Truly, God has been good to each and every one of us. I thank God for this opportunity to be in the land of the living one more time. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, men would have swallowed us up. We wouldn't have a chance to be here today, but because of Jesus, we are here today. I praise God because yesterday was free fishing day. I bought a pole, I bought a tackle box, I bought everything, I rented a boat. I went out onto the water and I caught absolutely nothing. But when I was out there on the water, I don't think I was out there on the water for what I had planned to go out there for. But when I was out there on the water and God gave me this message today when I was out there on the water. And when I was there, I was in the middle of the lake and it's, you know, there's mountains over there and everything, but there was nobody else but me. And I began to think, Jesus reminded me, how far did you go to get here? You went and bought stuff you didn't have just so you can go fishing because they said a free fish day, which turned out to be not a free fish day because you had to buy everything to go try to fish for free. But yet, I spent all that money for a fishing pole, hooks, bait, and even rented a boat and spent the gas money to drive out there for a free fish day. And I was out there on the water and I began to think and God reminded me, I told you that life eternal was free, but how far do people go to get that life eternal? And it doesn't cost nothing but a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of thanksgiving, a little bit of your time, but it actually costs nothing. I died for you. I paid the price for you. I did everything for you. And how far will you go to inherit eternal life? And the sad part about it is, is a lot of us don't go that far. We will read a little bit, we will pray a little bit, and we expect God to continue to do the rest. But when it comes time to us giving God our life so that we can inherit the kingdom of God, it's too much to ask. We have way too many things to do. Too many things come up. I've, I've invited so many people to church and they say, yes, 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 and God is good and we need to go. But then on the Sunday, oh, this came up or that came up or this happened. I got to do this or I got to do that. And it's been months and they haven't showed up yet. How far will we go to inherit eternal life? And all we have to do is give God a little bit of time. We don't have to do that much. Jesus paid everything. So when I was out there on the water, I began to say, you know what? I want to give more. I want to go all the way. The disciples, the apostles, everybody in the Bible, they gave everything to inherit way more than what they gave. The Bible says that Peter and John and them, they were fishers. That was their business. That was their company. That was what they made their living out of, was to be a fisher. And when Jesus passed by, he said, follow me. The Bible says they left everything to follow Jesus. When he saw Thomas, I believe his name was, sitting at the receipt of custom, that was his job. That is the way he made a living. He was a tax collector, and that was what he did. But when Jesus stepped on the scene and said, follow me, the Bible says that he left everything to follow Jesus. How far will we go to get what God has in store for us? Things that are so great beyond our imagination, but we got to go get it. How far will we go? Will we go the extra mile to receive what God has in store for us? He said if you sow sparingly, which means if you sow a little bit, 
you're going to reap a little bit. But if you sow bountifully, which means if you sow a lot, you will reap a lot. If you get one grain of corn seed and you plant it in the ground, you will have probably a couple of corns on that one stalk. But that's really not even enough to feed a family. But if you plant a bunch, the whole row, you will have enough to feed more than just your family. And it's the same thing in spirituality. If you plant more, you will receive more. If you plant a little bit, you're only going to get a little bit. The title to this message before I really go on is, How Far Will You Go? We're going to be reading out of Mark, the 10th chapter, the 46th verse. I'll be reading that one. Hebrews 3, 15 through 19. Luke 8, 43 through 48. Genesis 3, 7 through 10. Exodus 22, 26 through 27. John 5, 5 through 9. And Matthew 15, 22 through 28. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for all that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you for every blessing that you have given us. Thank you for this opportunity to be in the house of God one more time. Thank you, my Father, for giving us this privilege, this honor to learn about you, to eat of the bread of life, to drink of that living water. My Father, let this seed fall upon good ground and let us bring forth a hundredfold. Don't let anything be said that's not so supposed to be said, but blessed is all to be said and to be received. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. amen. You may be seated. In the book of Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 46th verse, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. This man was blind, he was sitting, he was begging, he was asking for help. But then when he heard, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The first thing we need to do is we need to hear. We have got to be able to hear what thus saith the Lord. If we cannot hear, we can't understand. And if we can't understand, we cannot grow. We have to be able to hear, then we can understand, and then we can have faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It all starts is if we can hear. And this blind man, when he was sitting there, he couldn't see anything. He had to just believe that it was the man who they said he was. But when he heard Jesus passing by, he dropped everything that he had. He didn't care about the multitude. He didn't care about what was going on. He didn't even care I might be able to get something if I keep my hand held out. He didn't care about none of that. The Bible says that he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. If we cannot hear, when Jesus is talking to us in the midnight hour, when he's talking to us at home, when he's talking to us on the job, when he's talking to us at the store, if we cannot hear, we're not going to be able to grow. And we will miss out on the blessing that God has for us. Don't let all of this stuff that's going on around us prevent us from hearing what God has to say. 
The Bible says when he heard him, he cried out to him. We're going to Hebrews 3, 15 through 19. Well, it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. When we hear the word of God, don't harden our hearts. When God will tell us to do something, make sure that we do it. When he says go there, make sure we go. If we have an opportunity to testify to somebody and Jesus puts it on our heart to testify to that person, make sure that we do it. Make sure that when we hear the Holy Ghost say something, we don't ignore it. We don't harden our hearts. Because if we hear, we can go and ask for anything that we want. When we hear God passing by, when we hear the voice of the Lord and we react to it, we can obtain the blessings that God has for us. But when we hear his voice and we decide we don't want to listen to that part or we just ignore it because we're too busy, we don't get what God has for us. If that blind man would have sat there and been more worried about receiving some alms from somebody, he wouldn't have received a healing of the eyes. He wouldn't have got the most ultimate blessing. There is no amount of money that would have gave him his eyesight. But when he heard Jesus passing by, he knew that that was more important than anything else. We have to understand that Jesus is more important than anything in this world. And when we're at the house, we're no matter where we are, if Jesus puts something on our heart, follow it, do it. Because there is a blessing in being obedient. He said, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Don't let anything stop you from going to Jesus. We're going to Luke 8, 43 through 48. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all the night Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. That's the second person that Jesus has said, Your faith has done it. There's a lot of times that we rely on people. We rely on, on the pastors. We rely on bishops. We rely on our jobs. We rely on on our co-workers, we rely on a lot of things, but in the all, the, when it all boils down, that faith that is in you will get you what you want. Because there's sometimes people cannot help you. There's sometimes people can't pull you through. There's some things that your job cannot provide. There's some things that you're going through in life that only Jesus can help you with. Somebody can put a band-aid on your wound, but only Jesus can heal the wound. Somebody can feed you for the day, but only Jesus can feed you for the rest of your life. Somebody can bring you out of a ditch, but only Jesus can keep you from falling in to the ditch. There's some things in life that if we don't just go to Jesus, it's just not going to happen. We have parents that love us, but they can only go so far. We have family that love us, but they can only go so far. And if they don't have Jesus, they can't even go that far. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. So we need to understand that it is because of Jesus why we have what we have. We need to always go. That lady, she spent all that she had. She went to many physicians. She spent everything that she had. And the Bible says she only got worse. When we try to fix our own problems, they only get worse. How many times have we had a problem and tried to fix it on our own and ended up making bad matters worse? Because we did not go get the help that really could have fixed the problem. And his name is Jesus. He will fix the problem. He will mend a broken heart. He will supply your every need. He will take care of you. He said, I will supply your every need according to my riches in glory. He's got our back. 
he got our best interests at heart. He knows exactly what we need. He knows just how to give it, and he knows the right time to give it to us. Too early will hurt us. Too late will kill us. But at the right time, we will reap in due time if we faint not. He doesn't give us blessings too early. And he definitely doesn't give them to us too late. He gives them to us when we are able to receive them and use them. But we can't get them if we don't go to him to get them. We have to go to him. There's a lot of times when we have a blessing right, right, right there. And if we would have just went a little longer, we would have got it. But we change because we feel it's taking too long. And then we don't get it at all. We need to stay with God and hold on. She didn't let the crowd stop her. The Bible says they were thronging Jesus. That means there was a lot of people. You can't even walk without bumping into somebody. It is packed. Have you seen some of those cities that they're just coming and going and it's too much. I've been to Raleigh and some of those uh, malls and stuff. There's too many people. I don't even like being in that big of a crowd of people. And I'm a people person. But it was too many. I mean, bumping this, you got to stand in line for that. And it's just, I, it was too much. I don't like that kind of life. It was too much. Jesus, I could imagine, was way more than that because people knew what he had. They knew that if they went to Jesus, they would be healed of any sickness, any disease, any possessed people. They would be cured. They knew it. They were trying to get something. So he was in the middle of this congregation that was so big, but she didn't let that stop her. She went on her hands and knees to get to where she needed to go. How far will we go to get to the hem of garment of Jesus? Will we let anything stop us? Or will we have it in our mind that I am going to get this blessing no matter what it costs me? If I have to crawl, I will get there. If I have to just stand in line and wait, I will wait. No matter what I have to do, I will touch the hem of his garment. I will make sure that nothing can stop me from getting the blessings that God has for me. She didn't let that stop her. She went. She went through the crowd of people. I could imagine she was moving people and pressing her way through. She was not going to let nobody stop her. And when she got there, the Bible says that immediately she was healed. She got what she wanted because she pressed through it until the end. The Bible says the race isn't given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, but to those that endure to the end. She probably wasn't strong and crawling. You're not going to go fast. But she did not stop until she got to the end. And when she got to the end, she got what she wanted. It's the same for you and I if we press our way through. No matter what obstacle the devil brings in our way, no matter what people might say about us, no matter what we go through, if we hold on and just press our way through, at the end, we will touch the hem of his garment. We will be made perfectly whole. We will be strengthened. He said, after you have suffered a while, I will strengthen you, settle you, make you perfect. But you got to make sure you go to the end. Don't let nothing stop you from receiving what God has for you. The Bible says that this man that was blind, when Jesus called him, they said, Jesus calls you, go. The Bible says that he cast away his garment. The word garment means a covering. There's so many times that, all, that we will go to Jesus, but we want to try to hide certain things. We act like Jesus can't see. Well, Lord, I got a problem, but I, I don't want to tell you what it is because you may not know what I'm going through. He knows everything. I'm, I'm kind of stuck right here, but if I say I'm stuck, then I'm going to look weak. He already knows you're stuck. Lord, I got this little sin that I cannot stop doing, and I know it's not really, really big, but it's really annoying, and I just cannot quit. But if I tell you, then you're going to know what it is. He already knows what it is. He already knows what you're going through. The Bible says this man, he threw away his garment to go to Jesus. He was not trying to hide anything. He uncovered his garment, which means also a blanket in which people are secured by. How many times when we go to sleep and we get a little afraid? We don't go get under the bed, not some of us as an adult. 
we clench that blanket just a little bit tighter, pull it up just a little bit more, that blanket's not going to do anything for you. But it's a peace of mind that that blanket has some sort of security that if it's maybe a little bit by your head, you might be okay when you're afraid of the dark. Children, they want to run and get under something. They need that little comfort. They even made a heavy blanket. And heavy blankets were created, from what I read, for people that were lonely and they needed somebody to be with them. So they put on this heavy blanket and it gave them that comfort like they weren't alone. They were still alone, but the blanket made them feel more comfortable. That's where the heavy blanket came from. And so it's a sort of comfort. But when you go to Jesus, you don't need that worldly comfort. You don't need the things that are you, you're used to to comfort you anymore. You don't need to try to cover yourself up. You need to just go to Jesus and leave everything behind. When you have a problem or you have something that you need, when you hear Jesus, don't try to cover it. Move it. Get out of it and go to him and let him see because the Bible says that every Everything is naked and open in the sight of God. You're not covering it anyway. You're not hiding anything from God. He sees all things. When I was out there in the water, I was really all out. Although I was by myself in the middle of the water, if you go from any direction, there is me in the middle. You cannot hide when you're the only person in the middle of nowhere. You can't hide. I got embarrassed because when I threw my line, the hook uh, hooked the fishing pole instead of went. And I got embarrassed that there was nobody around, but I felt like everybody was watching because I was the only person out in the middle of nowhere. So that's how we are in the sight of God. We are open. We can't hide nothing. He sees everything. He knows what we've done. We're going to Genesis 3, 7 through 10. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam, his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the dream, and I did eat. So, when this blind man heard Jesus, he threw away his garment, and he went to Jesus. But when Adam heard the voice of the Lord in the garden, they went and tried to hide. When God began to speak with us, especially if we are found guilty, and we are doing something we know we're not supposed to be doing. Instead of saying, Lord, that was me, my bad, I'm sorry, and fix me and cleans me. I got this problem that I can't change. We try to rationalize why it's okay and who all else does it. Everybody does it, so it's okay for me. And we begin to try to rationalize, to cover up. But when God says don't, he means don't. When he says this is not good, he means this is not good. When he says get rid of it, he means get rid of it. So don't try to hide it, try to cover it up. Be like that blind man, cast away your garment, get rid of everything that your flesh trusts in and go to Jesus and let him be the one that says your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. And when God gives you permission to go in peace, you don't have anything else to worry about. That man was able to go provide for himself. He didn't have to sit and beg and hope that somebody would look after him. He could go look out for his own self. He could go out and work for his own self. He can provide for his own self. He knew what he looked like when he got dressed. He knew where he was walking. He could see every step that he took. 
He could see the beautiful creation that God created because he got rid of everything he trusted in and he went to Jesus when he heard the voice of Jesus. The same thing for us if we get rid of everything that we think is comfortable for us, everything that we think our flesh needs, if we get rid of all of it and just go to Jesus, he is the one that will open up our eyes that we can see. He is the one that will open up our hearts of understanding and let us understand. He is the one that will light every step that we take. We will be able to behold the beauty of his holiness if we just go to him and let him say go in peace. Thy faith has made thee whole. He said trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That blind man was leaning on what he understood because he couldn't do nothing else. But to understand that if I sit right here, people will have compassion and, and will sustain me. They will support me, they will help me. But when he had a different option, he left all what he knew and he went to where he believed he could get more than what he had. And when he followed his faith and let his faith drive him to the one that could supply his every need, he got what he wanted. He got more probably than he expected because not only could he see, he also was given peace. God didn't just do one thing for him, God did it all. I'm gonna let you see and give you peace. And when you have peace of mind, nothing bothers you. It might make you cry a couple times, but you always have that peace of mind that everything's gonna be okay. You won't be so down and out and you don't know what to do when you're overwhelmed and you can't be still and you go here and you go there and you can't even stay in one place that long because your mind doesn't stop. That's not the peace of God. But when God says go in peace, it don't matter what the devil throws at you. You will be able to stand and fight and know that you are victorious. You will know you can do whatever God lets you do, but I will win anyway. You will know without a shadow of a doubt that everything works together for the good. We're going to John 5, 5 through 9. And a certain man was there which had an When Jesus sees our patience, he's not going to just leave us there. That man was patient for 38 years. That's a long time to be trying to get a blessing and can't get that blessing. Every time he was going to go, somebody would beat him. That is a lot of patience to wait for 38 years. The Bible don't say he was bitter and all of that either. When Jesus talked to him, according to what the Bible said, he wasn't all bitter and angry and frustrated because he just couldn't get a breakthrough. He just said, I have no one that will put me in. When I'm on my way, somebody steps in and gets the blessing before I do. But he never lost his hope. He never moved. He stayed right there in hopes that one day I will be able to get my foot into the water. When Jesus sees your constant patience and he sees that you're not going to let go and he sees that day and night you cry out to him and he sees that you hold on, he's not going to just leave you by yourself. In due time, he will go and meet you where you are if it is impossible for you to go anymore. That man couldn't go anymore. He was doing his best. But when Jesus saw that he was doing his best, Jesus went to make up for him and to be able to give him what he needed. If we're not going to do our best, we should not expect God to do anything. But when we do our best, our best could be nothing, but when it's our best, Jesus will meet us where we are at. He will see us, our cry, he will hear us, and the song says he will answer by and by. One day, he's gonna make sure you get everything that you have asked for. He went to that man and he said, why aren't you, would you wanna be made whole? I'm paraphrasing, he already knew. 
that that man wanted to be, be healed. Because the Bible says when he saw him, he knew that he had been there for a long time. But he asked him a question. The same question is for us. How bad do you want what God has for you? How bad do you really want what God has for you? Is it bad enough for you to just give everything? The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a precious jewel, which when someone found of a great price, they sold everything they had and they bought that field because they knew what it was worth. The kingdom of God is the same way it is priceless. So we need to sell everything that our flesh has and live a spiritual life so that we can buy gold from Jesus that we will be rich and raiment that we will be clothed and everything in this world we don't need to hold on to and when Jesus sees that we are trying he will go and meet us wherever we are at remember the prodigal son when he left but the Bible says that he was watching waiting for him to come back not that we have sinned and we left God but if we are waiting for something God is waiting to see when are they going to get up and come and get it how bad do they really want these blessings that I have for them do they want me to go hand it to them? I'm not. But if I see them coming afar off, I will go meet them. The prodigal son, the Bible says he saw him afar off and he went to meet him. How bad do we want what God has for us? We say we want to see the sick healed and the dead raised and the leopards cleansed and the blind to see and we want deliverance for the people. How bad do we want to see God move through us? How bad do we want it? Enough to say, Lord, this is it, me and you, or God, I hope that you'll do it one of these days. How bad do we really want to see God moving? We're going to Matthew 15, 22 through 28. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out at the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. And he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, if the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, there's another time that people try to shut somebody up. That blind man, when he called for Jesus, they wanted him to shut up. Just, just shut up. This is Jesus you're talking about. He don't need to hear you. You're blind. And then this poor lady that has a daughter that is vexed, and she comes, shut up. You're not, you're not one of his. That's how the devil is. That's what he would tell us to our face when we try to go to God. You're not worthy for that. You're not good enough for him to give you that. He's not going to work through you like that. You need to just calm down and be happy with what you have. No, we're not happy with what we have. We can cry more, louder. I want God to use me. I want to see people delivered. I want to see the world know that Jesus is alive. We can cry out more even when the devil tries to get us to shut up. He tried to get her to shut up, but she wasn't going to shut up and she didn't shut up. She said, well, if I can't get to him now, I'm going to go face to face to him and get his attention. I can't get him from way over here. I'm going to go up and close in person. If Jesus doesn't seem like he's answering now, get on your knees and go a little bit more farther and get to his attention. He's always waiting for us. He already knew what he was going to do. Listen to the way he answered his disciples. They said, you know what, send her away. And he said, I have not come but for the lost. I already know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help her. But I want to see where her faith is first. And I don't believe he was seeing where her faith was. I believe he was showing everybody else what faith looked like. See, he knew she had the faith to do it. But they needed to see what real faith looked like. And so when he told her it's not meat to cast the bread to the dogs, basically calling her a dog. And in that part, in that region, her um, nationality was a dog according to the children of Israel. They were the outcasts. They were nobodies. But what did Jesus call her before he said, don't cast it? He said, I didn't come but for the lost sheep of Israel. She was. Why? 
How is it that she was a lost sheep of Israel, but the Israelites called her a dog? Because of faith. The Bible says that Abraham was the father of faith. So whoever has faith is the seed of Abraham. Just because you are born from Benjamin or, or, Israel, or all the tribes of Israel didn't mean that you were an Israelite. But when you had faith, you were an Israelite. So when she came, although her flesh said she was a dog, the spirit said she is a seed of Abraham. She's just a little bit lost right now. So when we believe, we can go to church all we want to and don't believe, we're not of the seed of Abraham. But when we believe, we are the seed of Abraham. So when Jesus said, I have come for the lost, he, is be he said that because he knew she had faith. And when you have faith, you are the seed of Abraham. But then she just manifested when she said, you're right, yes, I, I am a dog. But they also eat from their master's table. Don't count me out. I, I might be a dog, but I can't get the crumbs. And she knew that one crumb of Jesus was all she needed. Her faith was, I know if I can get one little crumb, I don't need to sit at the table. I don't need to act like I'm somebody high and mighty. I don't need that whole platter of food. If I can get one crumb from Jesus, that's all that I need. You can call me a nobody. You you can talk bad about me. You can tell me to shut up. But if I can get one crumb, that's all that I need. And I'm going to go for it. She didn't say, well, I'm a child of God. I'm an Israelite. And I'm going to stand up. And I deserve for God to bless me. She didn't say all of that. Neither one of those women said all of that. The one said, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I will get as low as I have to get. Because if I just touch the hem of his garment, I don't need to be standing up. I don't need to be oil poured on me. All I need is to touch the hem of his garment. We don't need to be high and puffed up. Jesus said, if you are high, I will bring you down. But if you are low, I will lift you up. And both of those were low as they could get. And God lifted them up and gave them all that they wanted. He said, go in peace. My daughter is made whole because of your faith. You could do the same thing. You could have Jesus move for you because of your faith in him. He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But if you're not praying in faith, it's not going to do anything. You have to pray in faith. And no matter how low you have to go, go. Because that ham or that one crumb will get you everything that you need. And when the devil tells you to shut up, make sure you get louder. When he tells you to hold your peace, make sure you don't. Because Jesus is waiting. He's right there waiting. Just we got to get loud. We got to make sure that he hears us. We need to let Jesus know how far we will go. She said, I don't need nothing but the crumbs that fall from your table. Because if it is blessed by Jesus, it's more than we need. And it is blessed indeed. Don't let the devil stop us. Don't let the devil stop any one of us. We want something, go get it. How far will we go to get what we need? How far? They went all the way and they got everything they needed. Everything. And more. How far will we go? Because I'm not satisfied with just this right here. I'm not. When will I be satisfied? When I don't have leisure enough to eat. Then I'll be satisfied. When I have to pray holding a sandwich, then I'll be satisfied. When I have to preach and pass out on the pew, then I'll be satisfied. When I can't close the church doors because there's too many people, then I will be satisfied. But until that day, I want more. I'm not satisfied with this. Yes, I'm happy with what God is doing, but I know he can do more. I know he can. So then I'll be satisfied when I'm tired, when my eyes are bloodshot because I have little to no sleep and people are praising Jesus. Then I'll be satisfied. When we have to ordain more pastors, then I'll be satisfied. When I can't do it by myself because it's too much, then 
I'll be satisfied. I'll be like, yes, Jesus is moving. But if I can do it by myself, he's not moving at his full potential. Because none of the disciples, he sent out 70. There's that much work to be done. And so if there's only me being a pastor, something's not right. We need more pastors. All of us guys, we really need more work we have to do. And it's there for us. We just have to go and get it. He said the harvest truly is plenteous. It's ready. It's ready for us to go labor. It sounds scary to say you want to go labor, but it's fun. And it's well worth it. And it's a good feeling. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The altar's open if anyone needs prayer, just come up. My prayer request and the prayer request that I heard from a couple others is that we don't waste our time. We pray when we can. We read when we can. We pray more than not. Just wake up in the morning and kind of push it off.
from all things. Thank you for the days that seem good. Thank you for the days that seem bad. Thank you for the hard times that we go through. Thank you for the easy times that we go through, my God. Thank you for the days that we feel so high. And thank you for the days that we feel so low. My Father, thank you for always being with us no matter what, my God. To touch the heavenly garment in the mighty name of Jesus. Grant us to listen to your voice that we may go and you will open up our eyes. That we will see spiritually. Open up our ears. That we will hear spiritually. And open up our hearts and give us understanding. Let us use the faith that you have given us, my God. Jesus. Lord, let us 
cast away our garments and go straight to you, my God. And Lord, touch our eyes that we may see. Put your fingers in our ears that we may hear. And Lord, come into our heart and step with us in the name of Jesus. Oh, let your will be done, my God. In earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Let us go strong in you, my God. Lord, I thank you for being so good to us. I thank you for gathering us together one more time, my Father. I thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. I thank you because beside you there is no God. You are the one and only true God. And I thank you to the only wise God. Belongs wisdom and glory and power and majesty and blessings and thanksgiving and riches both now and forever in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my God. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Remember those that could not be here. Remember those, my God, that could have and chose not to. Remember your saints everywhere. Remember the leaders everywhere. Bless us to lead a quiet and a peaceful life. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Thank you, my God. Thank you. And let the church say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Thank you, Jesus. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart, to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may he keep you, may he shine his face always upon you, and may he forever keep you.